0: Hello, everybody. This is the Field Goals Podcast, and I am Dana O'Gorman. Um, I hope everyone's enjoying their week before the holidays. Hanukkah has started. Christmas is just at the end of the week. Um, it, it is just crazy this time of year in our regular lives. Then you turn around and add the craziness of the end of the NFL season, and for sports fans, it gets a little crazy. Then on top of that, the World Cup final, which I don't know if you people watched, It was amazing. I love soccer. And that was the best final I've ever seen. So it has just been a hectic, fun, enjoyable time of year. And I hope you guys are all enjoying it too. But the Seahawks haven't given us much joy lately. Let's be quite honest about that, right? Like we've had multiple losses in a row. San Francisco beat us, which just is a dagger to the heart. But I don't think all is lost this season. So I wanted to bring on my field goals. Co-host, but he does his own podcast every week. Dan Beans to come on, and we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about the last three games of the season, what we think are going to happen with them. We are going to talk about what we see the strengths and the weaknesses in the Seahawks right now, and how we think we're going to end up with this season. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be over in three games. Might be over in three games, but I'm not saying it is for sure. So, we're going to talk about all of that today. Dan, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Always. It's always a pleasure.
0: I know. I love it when we get to come on together because we can just kind of bounce ideas off each other. I feel like the parts of football that you are so strong at and the parts of football I'm strong at just go well together. So thank you so very much. I'm, I'm excited for you to be here. Now, we were talking right before um, we started to record. You told me it is snowing in Seattle. As those of you, most of you know by now, I live in Kansas City. And no, I'm not going to the game this weekend. You guys cannot guilt me into that. It's going to be minus six <laughs> degrees. I am not going. But, but sunny,
1: right? I mean, it's supposed to, the conditions look pretty favorable for this time. Yeah, it
0: won't be snowing. It's yeah. just going to be cold. Yes. And windy. So we'll see how that goes. Not super windy, though. Um, but freezing. I'm too old for that crap, you guys. I cannot go stand out there. Mine six degrees. I can't do it. But it is not snowing yet. Supposedly, it's going to be soon here in Kansas City. But you told me it was snowing in Seattle pretty heavily.
1: Yeah. It, it When I woke up this morning, I, it was the first thing I checked because uh, it was like two to four inches were in the forecast Mm -hmm. and I saw nothing. And then you get on Twitter and you see all these other areas. And I was chatting with some friends this morning and, and you know, it's six inches in some of the suburbs and not five minutes later, it starts dumping here and it's already started to accumulate. So, and it was interesting. You, you and I were talking briefly before we started to record about uh, a particular blizzard you remember. And it reminded me of a Seahawk memory in one of the craziest snowstorms I've ever seen in my entire life growing up in the Pacific Northwest. And they used to be much fewer and farther between. Now it seems like we get one every winter. <laughs> and it was tied. I want to say, I should have looked this up. I want to say it was 2006. It was sometime between 2003, 2007, but I think it was the year after the Super Bowl. And the Seahawks were playing at home on Monday night against the Brett Favre Packers. Oh, my goodness. And I'm just going purely on memory here, but they were down huge. They were getting, I think it was 17 0 at halftime or something like that. It'll be fun to go back and check and see how sharp my memory is. And then Seahawks came back and won and Sean Alexander had a huge second half. And when we arrived at the stadium that night, there was really no snow in the forecast. And a couple of flakes started to fall and everyone had the same reaction. Well, this is cute. This is adorable.
0: <laughs> Aw, snow lovely,
1: game. <laughs> what a lovely setting. By the end of the game, it was a factor in the game itself. And then the entire city was shut down. And it was one of those where it, the snow had fallen on top of ice. And it was the only time, and this is what made me think of it, because you had mentioned a similar circumstance Mm -hmm. where people just left their cars on the freeway. There were stories of people not being able to get home to Tacoma until the sun was coming up. I lived a half an hour away from the stadium and it took four hours to get home Mm -hmm. because, and, and the city was just shut down. All the tire tracks would froze. And so it was all jagged. Nobody could drive. It was insane. And I'll always remember that being tied. Um, to a Seahawks game. Hopefully we won't have to experience that again. Not this week anyway.
0: Well, we can just blame Brett Favre. I think that's fair. We'll just we'll just blame Brett Favre for that. Yeah. He yeah. had
1: history of snow with him. There was the snowball <laughs> throwing game. There was a whole, I true. think when he was with the Jets, I think it snowed that day when they played Uh-oh. here. Yeah. He always brought it with him.
0: We we should have seen those red flags. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So it, it is funny when when it snows in Seattle and, and everything shuts down. Yeah, it's it was crazy to me. Uh, now living in the Midwest, and I grew up in Montana, but and so obviously I was very used to snow. But living in the Midwest, things yeah. don't really shut down. It has to really snow for it to shut down. So even if it were snowing on Sunday, the game would go on. So let's talk about this game a little bit. So the Seahawks are coming to Kansas City. I have to say, Dan, I was so pissed when the schedule came out and this game was on Christmas Eve. I couldn't even mm-hmm. see straight. I had so been looking forward to Seattle coming here in a non-preseason game. So it was going to be easy for me to try. I could just go to the game and I had a bunch of people who said they were going to come and then Christmas Eve. I was like, thank mm-hmm. you so very much. Um, and so I didn't mind that it was cold weather, but it was on Christmas Eve. It kind of screwed up the plans. But now looking at it kind of later into the season, um, I think it's somewhat good. The Seahawks realize the opponent that they have. Not that we didn't understand Patrick Mahomes is probably right now the best quarterback in football. Um, I know that's debatable. Feel free to debate about it in the comments. But I also think that um, the Seahawks know a little bit better about who they are, too. I think had this been easier you know, earlier in the season, it would have been even more dreaded you know, to go against this game. But right wow. now, there's a lot of Seahawks fans who are very positive about this game and coming into Kansas City. Just because we have seen some cracks in the Kansas City game. I'm going to tell you right now, Dan, I don't think those are very big cracks. And I don't think the Seahawks are going to be able to take advantage of those cracks. Well,
1: is anything bigger than the crack that is the Seahawks' run defense? Um, yeah. I. I it's <laughs> You know, people can talk themselves into anything. And, and I've been guilty of that in the past, too. I get more realistic as I get older, mm-hmm. but... When I go through playoff scenarios and play around with, with you know, how can we get to nine wins and can that get us in? What else needs to happen? In none of those scenarios do I, um, do I calculate a win in Kansas City. If we right. get it, it changes everything. If we were to pull off the upset this week, it completely changes the landscape of their playoff chances. I just mm-hmm. don't see that.
0: One thing I hear a lot here in Kansas City is that the Chiefs have a tendency to play down to their competition. And we have seen that this year. I mean, you had to go to overtime to beat the Texans. Now, mm-hmm. I want to give the Texans full credit. They almost beat the Cowboys the week before. Yeah. I think this is an up-and-coming team that, yeah, they only have one win, but they are just losing by the smallest of margins. It's and It's like I think they're that, trying to mess up that top pick. I know. <laughs> I know it's like, doing. just stop and keep it. Just Maybe keep they're losing. doing it just
1: right, though. They're
0: like, we're yeah. going to give
1: some people hope. There's some yeah. pieces here. Yeah. They're battling.
0: I agree. So I that encourages me. But um but we've seen that a couple of times. We have to remember Kansas City lost to the Colts this year. You know, we want to remember that. So there are there are some issues. A lot of it has to lie within their defense. Although I think Frank Clark will probably be pretty worked up to play in this game against Seattle. <laughs> um But I, I think that are the the level that the Seattle defense is playing right now is I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going to eat them for dinner. So unless Geno Smith can continue to try and keep up the best that he can without Tyler Lockett in Kansas City. I just don't have a ton of hope for this game. Now, you mentioned the running game. Their top rusher right now is Isaiah Pacheco. He is a rookie. He is fast. He's great. He has 677 yards. As traditionally, the run game hasn't been as big of a factor for Kansas City this year, just because they have Patrick Mahomes. They throw the ball. Travis Kelsey, of course, then, if you look at his stats, you know, he has 11, almost 1,200 1200 yards, excuse me. Um, And he's a big dude. I don't see, it's going to take four Seahawks players to tackle him because he just, the tackling has been so bad until, and I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I'm just trying to be somewhat realistic for people who really think that there is a chance. Unless something crazy happens, I just don't see a win here, Dan.
1: Yeah. And, and although as it has been all year, I'm, I'm intrigued and fascinated just to Mm -hmm. see how they respond Sunday or Saturday morning, because (laughs) it's, there were some, I'm one of those that takes some positives away from the San Francisco game. Like there's so much doom and gloom right now in the fan base, Mm -hmm. but, but there were, to me, that game swung on a couple of plays. Mm -hmm. Agreed and uh not just the the digs dropped interception which then led to the homer fumble which led to the score right before half and then they coupled that with the the score coming out of halftime but you know maybe if that goes differently then the play calling coming out of halftime is different and that score I mean there's there were a couple of chunk plays also a couple of mm-hmm. big runs uh that impacted the game but for the most part and I know it's easy to say well a lot of NFL games are like this but the way this defense has been performing the last month or so the fact that if you take five or six games out of that out of that game, the the run defense was much better. It the was. Run fits were much better, and we're talking without Brian Monet, without Al Woods. Um, I thought the tackling and the pursuit was better, and I thought there was some consistent pressure. They were moving Brock Purdy around like they got some some pass rush. If they can take that, and and carry that over, and just clean up some of those chunk plays, which is always the concern going against the Chiefs and mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes you know, then then they give themselves a fighting chance. And so to me, it's just another another brick in the wall, right? Another step in this process this year that none of us thought was going to lead to a playoff spot. And that's just kind of frosting on the cake and window dressing as far Mm -hmm. as I'm concerned. Absolutely. It's just another test for these young players and this coaching staff, especially with this defensive scheme, trying to figure out what they're going to do moving forward to just see how they perform against one of the best.
0: Right, and I agree with you that there were a lot of positives, and we have to remember this is a San Francisco team that was up thirty-five nothing against Brady, and and so yeah. you know the fact that the Seahawks kept it as close as they did was encouraging. I really thought so. Well, and the
1: way they came back, that first quarter was so ugly. Oh, so bad. And and it was kind of everything I had, you know, my nightmare when I was on with Rob Guerrero, kind of previewing the show as a Forty Nine er fan. He was trying to tell me how nervous he was about the game. And I was the one telling him, you yeah, got nothing to be nervous about. Yeah. This thing's going to be just as ugly as the Bucs game. And so after that first quarter, it looked like it was just going to be a blowout. But the mm-hmm. way they came back from that and made it a game and and a lot of people, again, throwing shade at Geno Smith, I thought the way he battled he's back great. against, against yes. that defense and mm-hmm. some of the throws he made under duress, I thought that game said more about him than maybe some of the, mm-hmm. the easier games he's had for some of the flashier games he's had this right. year. So. It wasn't all doom and gloom coming out of that game.
0: green no. So, so back to the Chiefs. So, if I, I it is to me. I, I have had a lot of conversations with Chiefs fans this week. Um, actually, even throughout the season, and and that Texans game really screwed with their heads. Like seriously, even though they managed to come out a win, they were they're questioning a lot of things right now. Even with as fantastic as that team is, but my question is for you. For me, it, it is. Even if they can keep it close, even if they keep it competitive, that is a huge win to me. Because again, that defense has not been able to do that in some of these games. What are your, let's say, take the win out of it, although a win would be insane and so exciting. But take the win out of it. What would you take as positives, even in a loss with this game?
1: I think just being competitive. Yes. You know, it, it it's and I think for them to win, other than barring a scenario you outlined, similar mm-hmm. to what happened, kind of the reverse of what happened against the Forty Nineers, a couple of mm-hmm. couple of fumbles, couple of takeaways, maybe a special teams play, it, it's probably going to have to be a shootout if they're going to hang into this one. You know, with uh, just looking at DVOA against Seahawks are twenty fifth in defensive DVOA, you mm-hmm. are twenty fourth. They have not. Yeah,
0: they're really- they're that's true. Their their defense has struggled.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they are the number one overall offense. They're number six uh, overall DVOA Seahawks have dropped to 11th and their uh, offense has dropped down to 12th. So it would have to be a shootout. I just want to see them be competitive. You know, you come off a disappointing loss at home. You watch the 49ers clinch the division on your field when just three weeks ago you were looking ahead to that game as being your opportunity to get into the the battle for the division mm-hmm. title or maybe even tie or, or or, you know, control your own destiny to come off the disappointment of that and how frustrated you could tangibly feel it in the post game. Those mm-hmm. guys are so frustrated that they couldn't compete better in that game. Uh, and then you get a few extra days off to kind of think about things and, and knowing that the playoffs are still a possibility. It's just, if they come out and tighten up some of the things that didn't work against San Francisco and have a good plan and compete with this team, then win loss doesn't matter, to me. the wins mm-hmm. a bonus and, and a loss, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consider the context of that loss right? if and when it happens. And, and that's kind of been my approach this entire season. I mean, I sat there watching the 49er game and I wasn't scared. I wasn't upset. I wasn't pissed. Mm-hmm. I just was observing, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like watching an experiment unfold because it's all about where this is
0: leading us to. Yep. 22 is all about 23. This is a game that we are definitely going to be missing Tyler Lockett. They're hoping that he'll be back. For the Jets game, um, they elevated Treadwell today. Um, and so to the active roster, obviously. How do you feel about DK? And I'm going to say Marquise Goodwin, who has been a pleasant surprise to me this season. He's not been like this crazy superstar, but he's consistent. And I've enjoyed that about him. What, what do you feel about this receiving court without Tyler Lockett?
1: Well, it's a damn shame that our favorite player, D. Eskridge, Nine. is hurt once again. Because it's such, such oh, a prime opportunity for him to, <laughs> to him to try to justify his draft standing. Oh, um, yeah, Goodwin's been a pleasant surprise, and, and I'd really like to see him. I mean, I want him to address wide receiver in a little bit bigger way this offseason. Of yeah. but I'd love to see him try and try and bring him back again next year. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's healthy, he's, he's, a, he's a fun little compliment to Lockett and DK. Obviously, a lot's going to fall on DK's shoulders this week. I would expect that they would try to make up for the absence of Lockett mostly by using the tight ends more on the offense. Hope so. Um, and, uh, and maybe, you know, maybe a guy like Derek Young gets, gets an opportunity, gets a few more snaps or, or maybe Treadwell's ready. He's, Mm -hmm. he has one catch for one yard. He's always been an intriguing talent, obviously a former first round pick. He's had trouble catching the football, but athletic, you know, athletically, he's always been just dripping with traits and a guy that you, you hope might unlock something. Um, so maybe they work him in, but I, I would look for them to lean more on the tight ends um, in this one. Mm-hmm. What I'd really love to see is get Ken Walker more involved in the passing game. And I'm not talking about screen passes because for whatever reason, <laughs> they need to just stop. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who our <laughs> offensive coordinator is, what year it is. It doesn't matter. I don't understand why every other team in the league seems to have a lot of success running screen passes against us primarily um mm-hmm. we just can't it, no. we can't even it's not that we even complete it and it gets stuffed like we can't even get the running back free just the whole design and the concept of it it's beyond me especially given waldron's history and background and, and how well it's so to frustrating me. but when they just get the ball out to kenneth walker in the flat on a drag route mm-hmm. as the hot route usually later in games when they're just trying to hurry up and kind of get some tempo and, and just make something happen, it gets in the ball in space and good things seem to happen. Mm-hmm. So I would just like to see, it uh, reminds me of the Raider game. Early on, if you remember, the first time that we were in the red zone, I think we had to settle for a field goal. Gino almost got picked in the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Three straight plays inside the 10. Kenneth Walker was wide open, standing in front of Gino Smith on the two-yard line. Three plays in a row and he ignored him. Would have scored on any one of those plays. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see them get him more involved in in the passing
0: offense. I, I hope that his foot is good enough that we can see kind of some of the old Kenneth Walker out of him. Too. He, looks like, he, he looked fine. He looked better. Guy, yeah, uh, I, on on Thursday.
1: Yeah, yeah it didn't seem like he was limited in his movement at all. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully That's the cool. extra rest and he's ready to go.
0: Yeah. Well, the extra days. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next game. So the next game is going to be against. Oh, And I don't know why I'm dreading this game, but it is the Jets. They will be in Mm -hmm. Seattle on the 1st, January 1st. It's a three o'clock, or I'm sorry, three o'clock for me. So, you know, one o'clock for you guys um, game. Here's the interesting. So here's the thing with the Jets. I've enjoyed their success this year. I wanted that team to do good. I like Robert Sala as a coach. I think Mm -hmm. that he's doing a lot of really good things there. Obviously, the Jets have lost a couple of important players. Most importantly, probably uh, Quinnen Williams, um, and so and losing him for I think the season. I'm pretty sure he's done for season. Um, the season. But let's 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 be honest. The storyline here, without question, is Tariq Woolen against Sauce Gardner because mm-hmm. the online crap that has been going on. Not a sound out of Tariq. He has been nothing but professional. But Sauce has Sauce Gardner is is maybe people know, maybe they don't know. So he was basically online begging for Pro Bowl votes. How dare the Jets fans let, you know, and he never says Tariq Woolen by name, but we all know who he's talking about, you know, how dare the Jets fans let that nobody or that fifth rounder or whatever it is, have more votes for him, blah, blah, blah. Well, The voting stopped and Sauce Gardner was number one, Tariq Woolen was number two. And he was like, oh, you know, this is so great because I beat what's his name. This little thing from Soft Gardener has just been obnoxious, and I will tell you, Seahawks fans have been just eating it. Not only that, Dallas fans got in on it too, and we're kind of chewing on the guy too. But um, so I think that's going to be the interesting story line that we're going to hear a ton about during this game. However, when you look at the game, obviously they've had quarterbacks going back and forth. I almost hope that Mike White is not feeling better because yeah. I would much rather play Wilson. But the Jets definitely have done well. They're actually in last place in their division, but we have to remember this is a division with the Bills and the and the Dolphins and yeah. the Patriots, and they're tied with the Patriots seven and seven. Yeah, um, but some. they are also fighting for a playoff spot and and have a lot to play for here. When you look at this Jets team, what are the strengths you think against Seattle? Maybe what are the weaknesses? Um I, I I'm gonna look up while you tell me that, I'm gonna look up where their defensive stats are. So
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what you think of when you think of the jets is, is that defense and, and yep. early in the season and Quentin Williams was a huge part of that. Uh, they were extremely stingy. Um, not as much lately, you know, the, the, the lions made some big plays against them, moved the football at times uh, mm-hmm. in winning this week. And the last play uh, when they were, you know, trying to come back to win and, and hit the big, the big play to the tight end for the winning touchdown um, to me, you know, this Jets game as it's been on the schedule has changed so many times for me as far as perception. When you look at it early in the season, did our pregame, you know, preseason show about how we thought they'd finish, uh, Jets was a win. Jets at home, mm-hmm. it's a win. We all thought so. And then there was a point in this season where you think, oh, that's, you know, we're gonna have to take care of some other business because that's that's gonna be a tough one. Um I've gone back and forth in the last two weeks. And a lot of it now is contingent on the quarterback. But also, they have absolutely no running game. I mean, they, they had the terrific rookie, Brees Hall. Uh, he got yeah. hurt, unfortunately. Yeah. He was having a great year. Love that kid.
0: And can I interrupt? He's still their top rusher. Yeah. He's been out for weeks and weeks, and he's still their top rusher, 463 yards. And
1: they trade for James Robinson, and he's banged up. Now they got Michael Carter, who's a little scat back. And I, I think... I think their leading rusher, just off the top of my head, if you have it up in front of you, I think their Mm -hmm. leading rusher the last couple of weeks has, we're talking like 30 yards a game, 30, 35 yards. Michael Carter. Yeah, nobody. 30. They really don't have a lot um, going for them there. On offense, it does depend on the quarterback. Garrett Wilson's had a great rookie year, really dynamic receiver for them. Um, But it it does kind of depend. Like Mike White's dealing with some pretty serious rib injury. And, uh, And, you know, Zach Wilson looked decent at times, did some cool things against the Lions, but then also looked flustered and over his head and made some crazy throws. But here's the thing too. People were so quick to jump on the Mike White bandwagon when he got his first start and looked great. There were some national talking heads that talked about how he should be the franchise quarterback moving forward. How quickly they forget that this exact same thing happened it last year? Or was it was the year before when, uh, they had injuries. He came in, he had an amazing game and they were all saying the same things. And then he falls back to it. And even before he got hurt, he had a very mediocre game the next week. He's not a guy that scares me. Would I rather face Wilson than white? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that, you know, I'm that scared of them carving us up in the passing game, but we'll see, you know, uh, a lot can change in two weeks and we'll see where they're at and, yeah. and what we have to play for. I know that a lot of times the most desperate team wins, and by the time that game comes around, uh, we may be the most desperate team. I I'd feel a lot better about it if I felt like we still had a home field advantage. Yeah. But this year we haven't.
0: No. The thing was Zach Wilson, too, he's been sacked twenty times this season. Um, so I know that he's had some issues there. Um the team They've had a lot
1: of issues there. on their offensive line. Yeah. And really for- George Fant's been hurt.
0: Yeah. Oh, George fan. I love George I know. know. And Dwayne Brown will be there too people. So that will be interesting Mm. to see those two come back. But we have to remember this too, um, is that with the problems that the Seahawks defensive line has had the offensive line in New York has had this, you know, equal amount as problems. And so it'll be interesting to see who wins that battle a little bit. Hopefully Daryl Taylor can kick off. Maybe Bruce can get in there a little bit, you know, and then it can really kind of cause some havoc, which would be a huge help. But New Year's Day game, we'll just have to wait and see. I am completely 50 50 on this game. I, yeah. Whereas the Chiefs, I have it at about 75% chance of winning. Uh, this, the, the, the Jets game, I, I don't know. It's all going to be how they come out the gate. And I think that will yeah. be interesting. So for sure. All right. So then the last game, um, that we're going to talk about today is the last game of the regular season. Um, it's January 8th, but the time is to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> because they haven't figured out who's flexing to what. Probably not, well,
1: not right. going to be a primetime game.
0: i think, we'll, him probably we'll not. So we do have the Rams. It is the second game. I think that when the schedule makers made this schedule, they thought this was going to be a very different type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, not that they thought necessarily Seattle was going to be in on it, but maybe this would decide between 49ers and Rams who would win the division. But obviously that is now not the case. The Rams are a complete and total mess. Um, but what's interesting is that they'll be in Seattle. So Bobby Wagner will get his homecoming. And I think that mm-hmm. it'll be a much different homecoming than the one that Russell Wilson got, without question. Um, but I, this, this game doesn't make me nervous. I, I've watched the Rams games the last couple of weeks. They still just look a mess. There's no consistency there. They're still on their third or fourth string quarterback. The interesting news that came out, I think it was today, um, is that there was this video put up by Matt Stafford's wife and her interviewing him and asking questions. And she asked him repeatedly if he was going to retire. And he keeps saying no. Um, As a football fan, that concerns me with a neck injury. But I'm, you know, he can, of course, make his own decisions on that. But um, it's sad to me what has happened to this Rams team. Um, They are now officially they've had the worst season in NFL history after winning a Super Bowl. I think Mm. not very many didn't even make the playoffs. So that's really sad for them. But I think that this could be the exclamation point for Seahawks. And I don't think if they're out of the playoffs by then, I don't think that they're going to treat this game any differently. I think they'll go full force so they can beat the Rams twice since it's been so long since they had beaten them all outside of this season. So any concerns about this game at all? At this point, no. Uh, no.
1: And that's interesting. I hadn't seen that video with Matt Stafford and his mm-hmm. wife because there are reports in the last couple hours that he's decided he is going to return next year. I
0: know. That's, that, I think that's why it came out. I, so I don't know if they're just trying to keep everyone guessing or what. It was just yeah. interesting.
1: Um, yeah, I, I, that's going to be a topic of the offseason for sure. Is for what's sure. that Rams team going to look like? Um, maybe they can piece it together for one more run with all those high-priced guys they have and um, all those guys getting a little older and all coming off major injuries. Um, it, it At this point, it doesn't because, again, I'm with you. They just have nothing. There's nothing dynamic about that team they're putting on the field right now at all. They're They're struggling to, you know, I think through the first 11 games, they had 11 different lineups in their offensive line, so real lack of continuity there. They've had issues at running back. Cam Akers is the guy, again, after being in the doghouse earlier this year. You know, he's he's shown flashes the last couple of weeks, but doesn't look anything like the running back that we feared he was going to become when he broke out as a rookie. Baker Mayfield had the fun, you know, drive to win it on Thursday night a couple of weeks ago, two days, a day and a half after he'd been signed by the team. But it, it just, that offense doesn't scare you. The defense without Aaron Donald mm-hmm. uh, doesn't dominate. Um, if the Seahawks are in a position uh, when they get to that game, all health, uh, obviously, questions being aside, of course, it, as healthy as they can be, and if there's a playoff spot on the line and, and they're playing the Rams at home, I'm going to feel good about that matchup, mm-hmm. you know. And, and again, it'll just be another great test. I hope it comes to that. I hope it comes down to a win and you're in your type situation on that last weekend because whether they win that game or lose that game, it will just do so much for the young players on that roster. As they try to build something, and and sometimes going into the off season with that bad taste in your mouth can do more for your development, just like when they lost at Atlanta in 2012, and Russell Wilson left the field that day saying this isn't going to happen again. Then look what happened the following year. So, yeah, as I look ahead to these, to to me, you have to get to nine wins. I've played around with the Mm -hmm. ESPN uh, playoff machine, which um, is so much fun, and and there's no scenario. The first scenario I chose, you can choose your parameters. And I just had, okay, let's lay out the next three weeks in the NFL with every team that has a higher winning percentage winning their game. Basically every favorite wins. Seahawks get to nine wins, they don't get in. So they're gonna need some help. And and what it looks like is I'm playing around with it. Cause I think the commanders and the Giants are gonna kind of like I think the the commanders play. The 49ers this week.
0: Their schedules are hard.
1: Yeah. yeah. The Giants play the Eagles on in week 18, but you don't know if the Eagles are going to play everybody that week or if that game will mean anything for seeding. That's always kind of the, the wild card this mm-hmm. time of year. But when you look at the Lions, and, and when I play around with scenarios, they're the team that can really screw things up for the Seahawks, even though we own the, t- the tiebreaker over them because you can look at their schedule and as well as they're playing and see they could get to 10 wins. Oh my gosh. How crazy is that? I think they still play at green Bay, but you know, green Bay hasn't been, they've been playing better lately. It's just one of those teams. They're going to need help. See how going to need help. Unless they, unless they win Sunday um, or Saturday Um, morning, I keep forgetting it's Saturday morning. (laughs) Um, Again, that would change this entire formula, but they got to get to nine wins. I don't think there's any scenario under which they they finish Mm-mm. eight nine and get into the
0: playoffs. Wow. Yeah, I don't I don't either. And it is a shame that someone from the <laughs> NFC South has to go to the playoffs <laughs> because wow. that division has been a mess. I you mean, you know,
1: when we look back on the season, it's, uh-huh. it's Raiders and Panthers. That that's it the is. story of the season. It changed really good, everything, and they they should have won at least one of those games. Really right. should. Um, and we'd be we'd be having a totally different conversation right now.
0: Absolutely. So, um, you, I don't remember if it was you or Mookie, one of the two of you had put out there, you know, you have to get to nine wins. I think it was you. And I'm like, I don't see nine wins. It's because the jets had just played really, really well in a game. And it's like, I could see the Rams, but I do not see two wins out of this. Mookie said that that you had lost my optimism because I am an optimistic kind of a girl, (laughs) but now, with looking at a, the few of the more injuries that the Jets came off with because they did get a couple more out of this, I now am 50 50 on that game, and so I have a little hope. But you said, <laughs> and I loved this, you're like, Dana wants that second and 12c. Well now the <laughs> stupid Broncos making me mad and it, they won wow. over Arizona. So now we're down to like I I am gonna admit this to all of our listeners and everyone out there will not be heartbroken if they lose all three of these because. This is not a team that's going far into the playoffs. Yes, would playoff experience be good for these young guys? Absolutely. Would it be good for the franchise? Absolutely, right? To go to the playoffs the year after you trade your franchise quarterback, that's amazing, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I just keep looking at those draft picks, which I know you just released a podcast yesterday or the day before, and you went yeah. all the entire, the all seven rounds and did a mock draft, which I encourage everyone to go listen to. And I salivate a little bit at some of those mm-hmm. higher players. And so I think in my mind, Dan, truly, I'm at the point where I'm okay with whatever happens. I'm okay. I picked right. this team to have four to five wins. I'm thrilled with what they did. So that's just kind of where my brain's at. Yeah,
1: same. Uh, it, barring, like, the only thing that would upset me is if they just completely collapse these last three weeks and look like a mess. And,
0: yeah. And I, don't, I don't see
1: that happening. I just don't. I think the offense has been consistent enough that that they're going to find a way to, to keep them in games and, and, uh, and we'll see what happens on defense. But I will um, allay your concerns just a moment in that, especially going through all these mock drafts. And the one that Michael and I did the other day, and we talked extensively about this, that 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 second first round pick of ours is in a range in the first round where the blue chip guys are gone and it, it's yeah. at that ledge. And so the difference between 12 and 15 or 16 might not be that significant. It's always better to draft higher, but if the Seahawks were to go run the table and get to 10 wins, Try not to be too upset because they're still gonna get
0: I won't be upset. I'll be thrilled. I'll actually have something to brag about to the Chiefs people here. But, but
1: what the <laughs> hell was Brett Ripon doing being serviceable on Sunday and leading the Broncos to I a to win. kick him in
0: the shins? That's Thanks a lot. Damn. Shame. That's okay. just right right before we came on that they expect to have Russell Wilson back on Christmas Day. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes for them. But yeah, we'll see how that goes for them. Dan, thank you so much for joining me this week. Always. I sure really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, always. Yeah. So everyone have a go wonderful Christmas.
0: Oh, you too. And I want all of our listeners to have good holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever it is that you celebrate, enjoy it. Enjoy your family. And remember, mm-hmm. it's just a game, people. So don't be throwing <laughs> things against you. I saw this hilarious TikTok video where this Bucks fan just chucked something at his TV and it smashed don't waste your TV guys. Calm down. It's fine. (laughs) But you guys, all right, we'll be back again next week. Of course you can check out Dan's mock draft, which I really encourage you to do, especially if you're a forward thinker and trying to look out that direction for this team into the next season. It was a great mock draft. And of course, please subscribe and check out the field Goals podcast. Um, we are in every major podcast, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you'll be able to find us. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye-bye.